what is up this is our first all that yes interview and with us we have we have a titan and when i say a titan you'll, you'll you'll understand why i'm saying so but first let me let me explain how it is that we met so we met in 2017 um at uh-huh. this thing called seed stars and seed stars is this the tech competition if you haven't heard of seed stars and you're interested in the digital side of things please do definitely check it out because you'd be amazed at first of all all the ideas that come out of there and secondly things like bottles the bottles app i found out about it because um in 2016 they were um applying at seed stars so they were what part of the people who were there for seed stars so you get to see a lot of the big companies or even the tech small tech companies that grow you, you tend to kind of see a good deal of them there so at 2017 there i was a lone creative because the previous year one of my brother's friends was participating so we went there to support him and we were like okay we like this so 2017 uh we went because we were interested but at a specific point in time it got very tech and when i say very tech i i mean the jargon that was being thrown for a creative like myself i was like ah so i was just moving around moving around moving around and then there was this other person who i stopped and i was like look hey um right now things are getting very jargony you look like you're by yourself how are you doing it's like yes things are getting very jargony too <laughs> hi buddy <laughs> You basically picked the only person who looked as confused as you in the room. That's what yes. you did. <laughs> I picked that and there and there was Munya and that is how we met. It's been a very interesting uh relationship that we've had thus far because every time I have met you, you have been doing something different. Actually, at almost every year we can count you doing something different. So, Munya is someone who has had over 10 years of experience within music music and entertainment space. Mm-hmm. His experience is specializing in sourcing, licensing, creation, mm-hmm. curation, monetization and distribution of audiovisual Hello. content. Now, like Did you uh, I'm going to say it again in case you didn't hear how many things I said. I said sourcing, licensing, <laughs> creation, curation, monetization, distribution, audiovisual content. So when I say every time I meet him, the first time I met him, he was the head of operations at CCA, which also happened to be the first uh licensing contract that I ever got as an independent filmmaker and mm. the first one that breeded uh some level of income then the next time i met him he was the head of licensing at capasso and then now he is the nr manager at sony atv music publishing when we speak of a master of industry hey. we have an example right here how are you doing <laughs> thank you thank you for the for the introduction i love it i love it joe but um it's a pleasure to be here on the second edition well it's well It's not the second edition. It's the uh, second episode. This is the first the first entertainment interview. interview. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, I'm very very curious uh when it comes to you is that because specifically with music, um I find that the the stories of how people got to where they are are very interesting because the behind the behind the scenes aspect of music isn't as documented or as kind of shown as within for example film and television so how did we 
what was the story in terms for me in terms of growing up in Zimbabwe to becoming and getting into this space both within Zim Africa because you've been you've been traveling all around so I just how did this all start? that so I mean I've, I mean I've always had a love for music and I think that was something even genuine as a child as and I was one of those kids who was happy sitting in, across the TV watching Sesame Street and listening and singing along to the songs type vibe. So music has always played an important role. And a lot of people, when they ask me, Munya, like, how did you get to where you are? The truth of the matter is, I don't think I could have planned this, actually. And, and I'll be lying to oh, tell you guys. Oh, it's never planned. It's never planned. This was, this is never planned, Joe. It's Not never here. planned. What? <laughs> so, it, but all I do know is that, well, I just say it's God. And I followed music, funny enough. It's always music that is just... When I followed my gut and said, let me do this with music, it just so happens to put me in the right place at the right time. And that's how things have always rolled out in my life. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, when it came to schooling and Zim and stuff, that was just pretty normal as any other kid. Hit university. I remember initially my parents wanted me to do accounting, which I attempted for one year. And then I remember having a conversation with my dad and, and I was like, dad, if I continue with this, I'm going to fail. I'm not even going to pretend. This is, this, this is failure. It's not the one, the two, the three or the four. No, 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 it is not. So fortunately, you know, I've got, I've got great parents who've always been supportive. And my, I remember my dad was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I told him advertising. And then I managed to start doing marketing and advertising. So I did that. That was my, I did a double major BCom in marketing and advertising in Australia. Mm. And then it was when I came back now is when at the time in Zim, this is around 2007. I mean, a lot had gone down in Zim already, but in terms of just opportunities for young kids out of university, they were far and few. So um, fortunately, uh, my mom is South African, by the way, as well. So it's very fortunate that I remember my dad was like, yo, go down to South Africa, stay with your sisters. My sisters were both studying at UCT at the time. They were like, go to your sisters and kind of like see what you can get there, you know? So that was probably, yeah, I'd say mid-2007. And I was in Cape Town for a year and it wasn't the best. And just getting shut down by basically job after job, shut down, shut down, shut down. I went back home. Um, and I remember my dad was like, okay, let's just try it out for a little, just a few more months. If this doesn't happen, we're going into farming because that's the family business, farming. Yeah. We're farmers. So that was, that was, so I said, okay, let's do this. So I went back down and, you know, I remember now just thinking, what can I do? And I had a really, I had, a, I have a good friend till today as well called Adam Metcalf. Um, he calls himself Headspace and he's very much, he's a DJ but he focused in the trance world. So not many people would have heard it. Well, not in terms of the music that other people listen to, but in the trance space, he does this thing where he even used to tour and stuff like that. So I remember he was in Cape Town and I said, you know what? He's, I love music. So I'm going to become a DJ. And I remember whilst I was in Cape Town at that time, I remember point seeing that, okay, I see dance hall and like African music doesn't seem to be happening. So I was like, let me aim for that spot. That's where I'm going to try to fill that void. Yeah. So I went to Adam's house um, and we, he showed me everything. Like, so the day catching up all the equipment, he was telling me what I need to get, the programs. He was also like, you know, if you need to learn what, 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 I'm like sharp. And then just so happened his sister, his elder sister came through and she was like, oh, Munya, good to see you as well. So we caught up as well because we all we all grew up together in Zim. And she was kind of like, so what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm looking for work. 
Then she was like, she was like, what did you study? And I said, marketing and advertising. And she was like, well, at my husband's work, they're looking for someone to do marketing and promotion. So let's just see. So I said, hey, I'm down. Um, and then she called up her husband. He was just about to jump onto a flight. So he was like, I'll call you guys back later when I land. And then, then we see what's good. So mm. he called back like an hour and a half later. And he was like, yo, um, basically, he was like, I spoke to the boss. And she's keen on having a meeting with Munya if he's keen. And I was just like, for sure. And that ended up being my first taste within the music industry now, where um, I was working at Putumayo World Music. Uh, Putumayo is really well known for doing a lot of compilation albums. Um, they, they, they used to do, and they have this beautiful artwork always. And I remember it, it, it kind of became, it was like a collector's item type thing as well. So they used to have themed albums, which is awesome from around the world as well. So I love that job because I was now listening like this, there's like this Italian and this Africa. It just gave just, it was just well classified world music. So um, I did that for, I think a year or two. And I mean, it was great. It was great. That was my first taste of the industry. I mean, this is on the record side. And then unfortunately though, at Putumayo, my boss at the time, she she was informed that they no longer Putumai no longer to, wanted to expand on the continent, so they were like, yeah, let's just manage the accounts that are currently open, and we're just going to stay as like this. And then because we were working from a home office, by the way, so yeah. she was just like, she was kind of like, yo, if there's no if there's no point, I mean, if I'm on the ground here because I was expecting to be traveling and opening accounts, and if growing. I'm just maintaining, I can do that from states. Yeah, yeah, and growing. So she was like, I, 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 so she kind of pieced out, but I mean, uh, but nah, she didn't do it like that. She was actually really cool. She also, she did leave. <laughs> she ended up going back. And, but I mean, we, we did form a really close relationship and I'm, I'm forever grateful for her because she actually is the person who took a chance on this kid from university who came with shorts and flip flops kind of vibe. And um, so you've always been this chilled vibe is what, uh, is, is what is, is essentially what you're <laughs> oh, saying. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, no, that's been me. Because this man is so chilled and is so. Uh, this man has always have ha, has this energy that also that a fun fact about him is that if you call him, right, the caller <laughs> tune is a song that he recorded specifically for his caller tune. So it's his song. <laughs> just to kind I'm of that be, guy. Just to give yeah, just to give just, context. Just hints, just, just hints, just hints. Just hints. <laughs> I'm that guy for real, yo. Um, so yeah, so I mean that was my so I mean, oh yeah, so she left, but then she then hit me up and she was like, Listen, I think they're gonna shut down that that operation in Africa. However, I've got a homie in Johannesburg who's also looking for someone. And if you're keen on literally packing up and heading to Joburg there's an opportunity there. And that's mm. where now I stepped into the offices of Content Connect Africa, CCA. Yeah. And that was in 2009. And I mean, that was a, it was a, it was a, it was a great journey, especially that's why I really think my career just kind of solidified that if I kind of make sense, I was there for like close to 10 years. Um, I was there for like nine years, in fact. And I mean, I think I started off in marketing and my position changed from marketing and to, I think, promotions and marketing then head of promotions then i did a and r for some time and then i ended up being head of operations for the continent and that's now when content connect africa was expanding and 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 then expanding and opening up offices i was part of the team we opened up offices in 
in Uganda, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in Angola. So that's also where the travel came into play as well, which was really dope. So just for context, um, and you can expand if you if um, if you want to, but Content Connect Africa, if you haven't heard of it, is essentially a content aggregation service. So Correct. they basically license content or get into profit share agreements with musicians as well as now for content creators. Yeah, content yes. creators. Because I think you said we were the first uh, content creators that were on TCA as video content creators. Truth. Yes. So it's hundred um, percent. If you're looking, if, if 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 you're looking for those types of things, CCA falls into that type of bracket in terms of the distributing end and figuring out how to get your your product from this one place to multiple places. Exactly. So I mean, so so that's exactly what it was. So now, in terms of in, in, in opening all those offices around the continent, we were opening up distribution channels to these different territories, um, and and that was an exciting time. It was a great time. I was traveling back to back, and I mean, and God has always led me to just you know, there's a, within our industry, and I, I know you've experienced it. There's a lot of talkers. Let me say where sometimes people promise the world and then deliver what they can <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and 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 sometimes it's also through no fault uh, i've 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 been i've been on both ends of that because sometimes you were promised and then the contract comes and then the contract isn't even even like our industry is very much like that you can be on both True. sides that after like a few years are just like okay i'll wait to see the paperwork once i've seen the paperwork then i'll get excited <laughs> type of thing yeah yeah, true that, true that, yo. But yeah, I was really fortunate just to meet just great people along the way in all my journeys, people who delivered and helped me do stuff, grow the company, actually. Um, so that was magnificent. And then I guess after after nine years, I think I kind of felt I want to change, you know? And yeah. it, it just so happened around that time when I had that feeling, I got a call from, from Capasso. Uh, the Composers, Authors, and Publishers Association of South Africa. And basically, they were just like, um, we are looking at... Actually, funny enough, I, I, I actually was in... When we were launching, when I was in Content Connect Africa, I think the year prior to that, we were part of the team that launched Tidal in Uganda. And Capasso came and had a talk there at the same time. So that's when I really connected with the Capasso team, actually. So, I mean, so happens a year later... I got a call and basically I was told that there might be an opening at Capasso and if I'm interested, hey, let's 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 keep talking. Um, I jumped on the opportunity and I mean it was also what I liked about it was I remember thinking it'll be challenging, like it's a new sphere, and but I didn't know how challenging it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be honest, you know. I thought I knew I thought I knew music and entertainment industry, but when I hit Capasso it was baptism by fire <laughs> yes I, 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 I can only imagine actually because of the nature of capasso and all the types of rights yeah. that it deals with so and all mm. the ways that you're now figuring out how to exploit it or the ways of exploiting catching finding yeah. licensing it mm. as you were <laughs> yeah it was really real and i mean it it opened up the whole world of copyright and publishing to me actually because 
I realized I had no idea. Like, I always knew this publishing, but whilst during my time in Content Connect Africa, if I'm being honest, I just knew it existed, but I never really understood the functionality, et cetera, et cetera, or copyright within music. These were just things I had a, just a very surface level understanding. Really but when I went to Capasso, yeah, uh, Capasso taught me the realist, <laughs> which I'm really grateful for once again, because um, they were, I was fortunate enough to go. And, and by the way, I'm one of those guys, when I finished university, I even told my parents, like, I'm never going to sit in a classroom for anything ever again. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not that kind of student. I, I mean, I was never like, school was dope, but I've never liked that. I never liked the, class the, and all that stuff. The, the, the writing and, and, the, and ah, the assignments and pre all this actually, shit. Yes, it's, it's that boardroom aesthetic, but you're not even hey. a boardroom <laughs> <laughs> ah no i never i didn't enjoy it at all so but funny enough when i joined capasso it was a must and but i guess the difference is now i was actually eager to learn because i needed to understand you know and it was in the field um, of interest yeah it was actually now a field of interest so that was so that's why it is important that you know sometimes when it depends on what you're studying whether you enjoy it or not so um that's why i really learned about copyright and publishing and as the head of licensing at, at Capasso, uh, what my job was actually was to make sure that anywhere where music was being utilized, that those platforms or broadcasters or what, whatever, that they, were, that they, number one, had a license, they granted them the right to use those works and that they were paying that license. So that was really my core job and as I headed up the team. So... Yeah, and I mean, we had targets. My job was to make sure that, so, and I'm talking everyone, I'm talking from DSPs, the digital service providers. So that's engaging directly with Google, with, with, with Apple, with Spotify, with these guys, with Deezer, um, local Boomplay, with um, Jukes, anywhere where music was being all streamed and the like, yeah. that was all of them. And I mean, it went as far as well as looking at um, broadcasters, multi-choice. I think my first day, and I remember my 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 ceo was laughing at me after that meeting because i remember my first literally my first day he was like meet us at multi-choice that's we we're gonna meet there and that was my my so induction. when you say so when you say baptism of fire what you do mean is baptism by inferno it, it was because because the fire was there but also the they threw they threw a, a, a bit of gas on it just to say just small small uh -huh. now, now go in now go for <laughs> And let's see what we're doing. Okay, I get you. So I, I remember you. sitting in that meeting, multi-choice, and I was just like, what is happening? I just, but obviously I'm keeping it cool. I said, I keep it cool, but in my head, honestly, I'm just like, what the F is going on here? So, but I mean, it was super being at Capasso, um, and it was really a lot of learning that went down. And um, um, yeah, it, it just, yeah. Mm -hmm. So before before we move on, because I think now might be a good time, because I was doing just a tiny bit of research, because also in, when it comes specifically to music copyright, I'm not, I don't think I'm nearly as, actually I'm not as nowhere near versed as you, but um, I, was, <laughs> um, I was kind of, just so that in case there are people who are listening to understand also maybe the difference between, for example, like a Capasso or a Sampra and a Samro. Sure. So yeah, so, so, so to give you, so... The, what you've just mentioned, they call it collection management organizations. Yes. And the companies that fall under that is, as you said, Samro, 
Capesso, there's Sampra, Risa, as well as um, Echo. So those are the five main ones in SA right now. Um, and the function of a CMO, a collection management organization, really is really to collect and distribute. That's really the function of it. So yeah. everyone, so and each and each one of them collects something different. Yes. So if we touch on Samro, uh, firstly, yeah, Samro and Capasso. One of the things that needs to be so clear is that Samro and Capasso they only deal with composers who are also known as producers. Uh, authors, also known as songwriters, and publishers. Technically, publishers also represent composers and authors, by the yeah. way. So th that's where their focus is on the composers, authors, and publishers. They don't deal with performing artists because what you need to also remember is that not all, not, not all performing artists write or produce their music. Yeah. And that's how music works. So so as I said, so going back, so Samuro and Capasso. So Samuro, let's start with them. So what Samuro collects is what we call a performance royalty. And we call this, we say performance, and a lot of people think of gigs, but the truth is performance royalty in the sense when you're talking about Samuro and copyright is anywhere where your music is played publicly. Yeah. There's a royalty yeah. that is accrued for you as the songwriter or the, or the producer that Samuro collects and then they have to distribute to make sure that you get it as a composer or a songwriter. So the way that uh, one of the videos which I was watching, which if you corroborate the story, I'll put in the link um, or the description, is always described to me in terms of the difference between, for example, mechanical and public. And, and mechanical and um, performance. performance is that performance is if you're interacting with music that you didn't choose to listen to, but you're in public. Whereas mechanical like, is where you've made the concerted effort. So you're in a DSP, you pressed play to choose that song or you went on this specific thing. But when you're listening to radio, when you're, when you're listening to radio, when you're at a bar and music is playing, you didn't necessarily, mm -hmm. you as a consumer didn't necessarily choose to listen to that music, but it is playing. And since that music yes. is creating a vibe or putting into the atmosphere financially of that system that is why then yes. money is then taken correct so that's where exactly so yeah you can actually so that 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 is correct so that's where samuel deals with that performance royalty so as you said anywhere where music is played techniques anywhere so you're talking radio etc uh, etc et where music is just played publicly there's a royalty that's accrued and then paid to the the producers or songwriter now capasso they deal with um, the reproduction royalty, also known as a mechanical royalty. So this is now where, and the, the easiest way to explain that is that, you know, whenever a copy of a song is made, there's a royalty, there's a royalty, which is the mechanical royalty, which is then generated and it accrues every time a copy of a song is made. So an example of when a copy is made. So when you go to um, a music store, and um, you go and you, you have one CD, you've got the original song, you've made it from your computer, you put it on your CD, and now you want to go get it made, or you want to get it sold. Now, this music store won't sell that one single album, because yeah. what needs to happen is they have to make copies. The copies are then what they distribute, and then you have multiple different things. So a copy is made. So every time that copy is made, there's a royalty that is accrued. 
that yeah. you as a songwriter or the pub or the producer, it's due to you, basically. So yes. now if you're talking to the digital sphere, yeah, that's now when you're downloading. Every time, because when you download a song, well, actually, there's not many downloading options these days anyway. But, yeah, they, they, well, they, they disappeared quite... Uh, they have. It's in the last three years, they just forward now. They just yeah, <laughs> it's now streaming. So let's just say when you stream a song, every time, it's not like you can only sing it, stream a song once. But every time it is streamed, that's seen as a copy of the song being made. And you're listening and you're listening and multiple people. So that's where there's a royalty called the mechanical or the reproduction royalty. Yeah. So now, so that deals, so as I, those two deal with the songwriters, producers, and publishers. Now, on the other spectrum is now where Sampra comes into play. Where Sampra, basically, they also collect what we call a performance royalty. However, now Sampra deals with the performing artists now, the people who are responsible for actually singing the songs or uh, the session musicians who actually played the strings and all those things. Yeah. That is now what Sampra deals with. And their job is to collect, again, the performance royalty and distribute it to now performing artists or re record labels as well, sorry. I see. Yes. So um, what, is, then, what does Sampra yeah. stand for, sorry? Oof. I'll, I'll have to Google that. South African. <laughs> Wait, I'll let, have I, to Google. Google is right here. So it's, yes, yes, it's, please. It's fine. Uh, I will. I will edit me asking that question. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, so, no, no. So yeah, Sampra, my mind. It is South African Music Performance Rights Association. There we go. There we go. So that's Sampra. Now, now let's. Now, if we move now quickly to Risa and. Echo. So Risa, um, they predominantly, well, outside of them handling the Samas, they're responsible for, for the Samas, number one. Um, what they do, they're the only body that issue what... Yeah, so yeah, they, they are the certifying body, and they're the only ones who also issue what we call ISRC codes, which an ISRC code is basically, it's a fingerprint for your music, actually. And that's why ISRC codes are so important because then now when you're trying to track in this digital world that we're in, an ISRC code is what they use to kind of, that's your fingerprint. That's is your that ID what, for a song. Is that what, when YouTube, when uh, back in my days when I was a careless YouTuber and I'd put um, commercial music in my thing, is the ISRC code what YouTube uses to then say, hey, this is this specific song have you paid or have you gotten thing copyright for it i'm, I'm genuinely so asking. yeah no 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 so i think so youtube used that as well as a couple of other things to identify music because what 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 you end up finding a lot of the time is that certain just the general user may use music and they won't know what the isrc code and the like are for that song yeah so youtube does have other ways of also but if if you did that was that would be how they Tracked it, yes. No, I'm asking. Yeah, I was asking from their perspective if that's part of the things which they use. Because I'm, because I've always wondered how it is that they know, for example, like the very bigger songs or the things, even like small indie songs from like Australia that they're able mm -hmm. to track right here. But that's a conversation for another day. I, I, I'll probably do but some, yeah. <laughs> some more of my own. Let's not, let's not sidetrack. But yes. Okay. No stress. No stress. But um, um. So yeah, Risa. So yeah, I was talking about Risa. So the Samas, they certify, they do the ISRC code. Um, and also what they also collect is they collect a royalty for music videos. 
So they make sure that oh. you as a content owner, you get your your royalties for every time your music video is played on television, basically. So when um, it's on high rotation, that's where those are the people you yep. get to. I see. There's a royalty that's accrued again. And um, and now Echo is actually the newer one, I believe, out of um, most of them. But Echo and Risa are... I haven't heard of Echo uh, before. So this, okay, is, so this Echo is brand also, new to so, me. Okay, so Echo is basically the function in the sense of being able to, they just, they focus on the, again, the music video royalty when it's television. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, I don't think they, they are able to do issue out ISRC codes yet, but they kind of like, for lack of a better word, they are, uh, they're another option other than Risa for that function, if that makes sense. I see. So it'd be like for, if we're using American performance rights, ask up in BMI. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. it's just, but you can both, you can both go to either. So it's just choosing McDonald's or KFC, chicken licking or, or, or I mean, chicken licking or KFC. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah. So now. So th- those are the five CMOs in SA and what they, they do, basically. So you and now we, now, now that we have all that context, we can now get back to your story because I believe you're talking about okay. how you're about to get into Sony. Okay. Okay. But before we get there, quickly, before we get to South, um, um, so before, um, whilst I was learning actually at Capasa, whilst I was going to school, so I went to the Academy of Sound Engineering and I did a course in, it was called the Masterclass in Music Business. And, you know, one of the things, and this actually ended up sparking Masters of the Industry, MOTI, which we will also get into a bit later, I'm sure. So, you know, and it started when I was reading about the one of the biggest copyright infringement cases, which is around Solomon Linda and Mbube, the song Aye. Mbube. Uh-huh. That one. <laughs> so I remember learning, and that was my first time learning about that whilst I was in class. And I remember, um, so we, I learned about it, and I remember my thought process. I was like, how is never going on? I was just like, how is, well, firstly, I remember after hearing the story, I was just like, man, the things that have happened that that happened in 1938 is still happening today. Wait, so and for 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 context, because I don't think we've actually given full context. The, oh, that's okay, the, <laughs> no, because the in case someone doesn't know Mbubis, the if you yes. watch the Lion King, the a wimbo, a wimbo, the Lion Sleeps wimbo. Tonight song, basically. Yes, in the job that song, the exactly. composition which which was which they used is was stolen originally. Origin, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted in case people. So it's it's that song was created in nineteen thirty in nineteen thirty eight. So nineteen thirty eight. So the original one was by um, Solomon Linda. Um, I forget the the name of his choir. He had a group. Uh, I think it was called the Evening Star. I think, but I could be wrong. But um, so it was Solomon Linda basically, and those and those dudes basically they created Mbube. It's called the Evening Birds. Evening birds, sorry, there yeah. we go. So it was Solomon Linda and the Evening Birds. So they they created Mbube at basically just to give a quick rundown is that you know the thing with music and copyright is that copyright is like an asset. And an asset is something which if I own something, I can pass it on to my children and my children's children, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. and that's why people like that's why I always say like things like the Michael Jackson family will will they're, they're nice forever in life. They will, they forever will be earning money, and I even think I read something about Forbes yesterday that Michael Jackson is still the number one earning dead um, 
artist. I think he got around 400 million last year or something like that. Well, the thing is, because the American copyright, if I'm not mistaken, because the African one um, also I saw within the research differs in that yes. the American copyright, it's 75 years after the death we're, of this. I think we're only 25. Um, we're 50. We're 50. And then um, for publishers, it's 50 years oh. after publication. At least that's oh. what the that's what I think I think it was Capasso other Capasso Sampras right. website. It was Capasso. I was there when they did that actually. It was yeah. I think you're right. It's fifty, and we so, wanted to add twenty five. Yes. <laughs> that's what it was. Yes. But on top Correct. of that, um, the American copyright, or at least things which I've seen, is that also when when a song is sampled or when something is reproduced off of that song the copyright yes. then renews because that was something which specifically was happening with the beatles because they had a whole the the uk system i think is one of the shortest is that it was 50 years after publication so right before the copyright was about to lapse they released the music which they hadn't released which have gone into the public domain thus uh -huh. renewing the public um, copyrights yes so copyrights Correct. can also be renewed based upon sampling or re um re forgotten what not recreation re but not recreation yeah, yeah. or adaptation a, yeah, of creation yeah adaptation is actually the correct word that there is an adaptation yes. yeah so i mean so with that knowledge now it's like so solomon linda um created that thing however things are a bit gray as to how um, and I, at the time, I believe he was with Gallo Recording, the Gallo Recording Company, mm -hmm. um, which is still there today. And somehow that's, that recording of Mbube made its way to America. And the Americans, multiple different groups created different versions. Um, and I think because they didn't, they didn't understand Mbube, they just heard a Wimboe. Hence why it ended up becoming a Wimboe, a Wimboe, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, and through this whole process, unfortunately, the Solomon Linda, Solomon Linda himself, I mean, I believe he, he, he passed away in 1967 or 1968 due to kidney issues. And he, he died with, I think at the time it was like 117 rand, you know, type vibe where he, he, he didn't die a, a wealthy man, yeah, <laughs> actually, or, whereas or with much yeah he didn't have much money. and and also with his and 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 i mean and obviously it carried on from his family and i mean and the way it works and and i believe the last numbers that i was aware of was that that song today even is it's made over 60 million dollars type vibe and yeah. so where the issue is is that his heirs which is his family and his children they should have been getting the royalties and the like um because as you said, the life of copyright still continues, et cetera, et cetera. However, none of this happened. It's very gray. And I mean, I know there's a documentary on Netflix called The Lion Share, which if you want to understand the story, you should watch that. It, go it goes into it quite in depth and you can form your own opinion. Um, then there were the lawyers that came and they, they initially seemed to be the knights in shining armor because they managed to get Disney's attention and get Disney to come to the table. However, now things got tricky where now, from my understanding, the family, uh, uh, there was instruction that a, a trust had to be opened, but the family never had access to the trust. And they, I don't believe they know how much money was paid into the trust. Um, then obviously, I think the, the invoices came through for, 
for the lawyer's fees. And that ended up also being an issue. At the, end of the, yeah, at the end of the day, I think they said the family only walked away with $250,000. And um, it's a sad story. It actually really is. And I'm, in my head, I remember just always thinking like, you know, as a, as, as a continent, we should be up in arms about that, you know, because till today, uh, justice wasn't really ever served, you know. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that, that that's what happened. And that's when I was like, I think during all of this, because I ended up after, I think a few weeks after being learning about it in class, I did watch a documentary, which actually really touched me. That's when I was like, nah, somebody got to do something. Because I was just like, I remember just thinking, what, what chance does the industry have? That's actually, what, if we don't even understand the basics, the things that happened to Solomon Linda are still happening today. And that was, I think, 2019, 2020. That's like last year. And I'm like, yeah. what chance do we have of ever growing as an industry? And that's where now the whole Moti thing started coming about, where I was just like, I, and I, well, at the time, initially, I was calling myself Moti. Let me shout out. Yes, just yeah. Hey, show the people. You know, just, people. you know, you got to show the people what we. Got to flex with the people. Moti knows best. So For originally, those of you who are strictly <laughs> listening to audio, he is wearing a show that says M dot O dot T dot I in black and white. Knows best. Modi knows 100%. best. Trust and believe. Yes, sir. So and I mean, originally I was like, I'm just going to become the guy in the industry. So I used to call myself man of the industry. That's where M-O-T-I stands for. Um, yes. But as, as time passed, I remember thinking it's bigger than just me. Um, and if anything, just like any school curriculum type vibe, that we should have masters of the industry. So I changed the man to masters. And that's where also my journey of um, creating masters of the industry as an online platform started. To trail back quickly, what I did also just with regards to um, the Solomon Linda thing, I remember thinking at, at that time, I was like, I'm not going to harbor on the past. If you want to watch the documentary, it's there. You want to understand what happened, it's all there. So What's let's the name of the rather. The documentary? Uh, the Lion Chair. That's on Netflix. Oh, the Netflix. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's it. But now I was like, I want to do something more. So what I ended up doing is, and a big shout out to those, the, the people who believed in me. And those are the likes of a dude called Bucky Alt, who is an SA DJ. I know he was the mentor for DJ Acha, the, the youngest DJ also. Uh, we have Cuba, who, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's a producer, songwriter, record label owner and the like. He, those two actually pulled through for me because I remember saying, I want to do a remake of Mbube. Because at that time, I'd done research and I'd seen that now Mbubi was out of copyright. So therefore, we could make a copy of it. We could make a new version of it. So Yeah. So I reached out also to the family, the Solomon Linda family, the trust, the lawyer. I engaged with Solomon Linda's grandson originally. And then I started engaging with their family lawyer. And uh, basically, my plan was to say, like, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a new version of, of Mbube, which I called Mbube 2020. Yeah, um, because exactly. 2020 was a year we'll never forget, you But um, it's Bube 2020. I got those those two gents jumped on the song, and I managed to also get the legendary Mautella Queens. They they did the vocals for me on that, and and we we actually we put out the song. We put it out, and what I said is now to to also help people understand is so with regards to the copyright of that song. 45% of that I gave to the family. So I said 45% of the copyright of this song, of this new version, it belongs to the family or the family trust. Because yeah. I was just like, you know, our industry needs two things. And I was like, healing. I was like, let's try heal. 
And that's how I was like, maybe that's how we can explore healing. And education is the second thing. So I remember just me and some of my, my, my boys, um, actually, no, my business partner then, uh, we, we started recording everything so that we're documenting all the everything that we we're doing. And the idea was to put that out officially. The only thing is the journey hasn't ended yet because I ran out of money, if I'm being honest. But... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but which is yeah, usually is one of out. the stoppers that we have but once once you exactly. get it and we finish it yes so we had an original version which i ended up i did do a lyric video for it um as i said the copyright 45 percent goes to the family and i split the rest of the copyright amongst everyone who took part my my, my plan is to, to do an official music video for it and then my idea is to look at doing some remixes as well so to, to get some prominent people to do some remixes and once do the remixes, ideally put together an event where it's now just a, a Thanksgiving type event. Invite the Solomon Linda family, everyone who did remixes, everyone comes through, everyone performs. And ideally, what my the big plan was to try and create, you know how in states they have the walk of fame with the stars and all that stuff. So yeah. I remember saying I wanted to create Africa's one, which I was gonna, I remember I coined the name the the Pride Walk. And I wanted to create just, just, just like just the same. No, well, it wasn't going to be stars. We were looking at doing some sort of monument type things, and Solomon yeah. Linda was going to be the first one. Um, so it's a big project. So as you said, I know it's not done yet, but that's what ended up happening with the whole Mbube thing, and that's that was my way of saying like, yeah, I want to, I want to, just as a way of just as I said, healing and trying to educate the industry. So, so yeah, so we can now we can move back to Capasso normal world so so i was at capasso for some time and then eventually again the opportunity it was a, a phone call i received with regards to there being an opportunity at sony music publishing because um at the time sony didn't have an anr department sony music publishing i jumped at the idea because you know me and i mean i'm the <laughs> kind of person where i enjoy being in the trenches with the artists i enjoy studio i enjoy those late nights and going yes. out, that's me. And whilst I was at Capasso, Capasso is very, is very boardroom and contracts, which is yes. not a bad thing at all. It's necessary. But I think for me and my personality, it was a oh, lot. No, I, I, I won't even lie. When I met you at Capasso, as we walked in and we were waiting, I was like, this energy is... <laughs> i'm like i know it's not a creative space you know yeah, i was like because i was like oh god okay because because the first time because every time i've gone to i'm i'm always very casually dressed i'm i usually dress yes. the way i'm dressed now so yes, even at yes. cca going to there i was like then i went Do to the and i was like i am underdressed <laughs> I, cats wearing not... <laughs> button-up shirts and very formal and i was like I was yeah like, this is not this is this is not the one for me not not no it's 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 uh, it was it was a bit of a culture shock when 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 we were yeah. meeting because i was like no when munya is it's, it's gonna be like this and it was a different munya upright was, yeah. <laughs> yep you know in my desk in my office <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah so so now I mean, sony is allowing you to kind yeah. of get more into the back into the, the trenches yo back into the trenches in the freer form life. yeah because i'll never say there's I'll anything wrong with the with the oh no 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 not at all um i think yeah different people for 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 what is it different strokes for different folks for different folks whatever. yeah 
Yeah. So, I mean, as, as much as, and I learned a lot there, I do knew that, I did know that, you know, I do prefer being with the creatives. And because at Capaz, I was trying to live a double life. I was still trying to be in the trenches, but then, <laughs> ah, it was hard, yo. It was hard. Um, so, yeah, Sony pulled up. And I mean, I mean, the opportunity pulled up. I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm down for it. And what was interesting about the opportunity was that now I wasn't dealing with, the performing artist, because now, as I said, I'd learned about this whole new world of composers and authors. And I remember even just thinking at that time that, like, they're the forgotten creators. Like, no one understands, like, they really don't get the credit due. Why is it that cats in America, in over like Timberland and all these guys who are producers, they purely, they live their lives as a producer. That's their, that's their main source of income. And I remember always thinking, why does it work there? But in Africa, the producers, and songwriters here are oh, all no. trying to be performing artists because that's where they see the gigs. And, and they we see have amazing, we have amazing producers here. And the thing is, you know, it's, 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 it's a continuous, it's also a conversation I have at least recently, I'm happy to be seeing on Twitter and that people are saying that we kind of need to start giving producers um, a lot more credit and kind of moving right. along. And even as myself, I've been this year experimenting a lot more with music and the work yes. that they do. Oh my God. Come on, guys. Come the on, music, guys. Um, the audio engineers, it's the, that whole behind the scenes it's aspect crazy. of it is a completely different type of creativity. It's a completely different type of discipline. And absolutely. It, it requires even a lot more volume than what we're able to give it. So thus far, it also requires... I can't say a lot more skill, but a different type of skill. It's a different and type one of that skill. that is weighty and extremely weighty. And yes, it really, we, we don't unpack it enough to really give it the respect that it deserves. I don't And that's why people, they don't, people don't value it. They like, as you're yes. saying, yeah, the respect and the value. Um, it's, there's so much value in that, guys. And I actually, even, I just, even a quick one, you know, at one point in my life when I really became dedicated to music, <laughs> I made a decision and I said, I'm not going to, when I started seeing the process of making music and understanding the investment people make, and it actually extended into movies and the series and all that kind of stuff, I told myself I will no longer illegally download music or anything without, well, unless you're the rights holder. I'm like, <laughs> people know me. My friends, people know me on WhatsApp. Like, I will delete it. Don't send me stuff that you don't have the rights for. I tell people I don't F with music that is not from the correct source where the rights holder is earning money again. Oh, I don't. Yeah, no, we, we have we have similar sentiments because there are tons of movies. I haven't watched anything on Disney Plus yet and it hurts yeah, me. Yeah, same. But it's, like, painful. <laughs> it's painful. It's <laughs> painful. But I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Mandalorian, I've been, I see you, but I don't know you I'm yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting until you come onto a place where I Mom can the be vision. Like, let me watch you. <laughs> properly because even Low african key. films and since making that decision i have yeah it's, a, it's it's a similar thing in terms of both appreciation but also yeah. for me it's a bit of it's a bit of i don't use the word karma but i'm like if i'm downloading yeah all of it's karma things, that's right what is. <laughs> and you want to be you are a filmmaker and then in five years time because i'm like I'm going to be like a mid-level to high-level filmmaker in five years or in this this amount of years. If I'm doing yes. this to all this content and I need those metrics for my content, why am I not adding to How? those metrics? Like, <laughs> let's, 
let's wow. look at the system. If I'm able to, if I'm able to add those metrics and I'm choosing not to, why am I not adding to those metrics if that possibility is there? It's the truth, yo. I, I agree with you completely. And I think because of those decisions, I think music loves me also because I love music, you know, and that's how I show music. I love music because it's karma, dog. It really, I do think it's karma. Like, how? How do you expect it to work out for you if you're doing this? It's like this. So I remember I put a stop to it intentionally. And um, unless you own the rights, I will not share anything. I will not download it even on my phone. I, I, I'm not even interested. All the, Disney's plus, dog. It hurts me, fam. Oh no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like this, I, I, I'm just at Disney Plus. The only thing on Disney Plus I've watched is Blackest King, and that's because it came on M. Like, exactly. <laughs> Other than that, and I, Loki just dropped, and 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 people are saying broke, it's sounding dope. Records, everyone is talking about it. I'm like, <laughs> I just I pretend that ish doesn't exist right now. That's the truth, but. Yeah, fam. But that's how I show love to the industry. And I think music, honestly, because I treat music like a spirit. And I genuinely think that's why music shows me love as well, man. Because, um, yeah, it's just respect. And respecting the process, respecting people's, the time sometimes in studio. When you see studio, people, as you said, I mean, in studio, there's producers. Then, then I mean, there's first the creative time, which is time. And time is money. The fact that people have now sat down to create something from nothing. And then the time to do that. So there's then production and writing. Then from that, as you said, the sound engineering to make sure it's mixed and mastered and balanced properly. And yeah. then, and all these different things. And it's just like, I was just like, nah, we gotta respect this. And so, yeah, So, but anyway, back to the story. So when I got the opportunity to join uh, Sony Music Publishing, I was really excited about it because I was like, I wanna tear the roof off um, this, whole forgotten creative especially for songwriters and producers because i was yeah. like you know that that's so necessary and that's when and then i think even masters of the industry that also sparked that even more for me and i was just like Muni, i need to get on i need to get on this to make this happen um but yeah so i mean then i joined the sony team as the a and r manager for the continent uh for sony music oh, publishing it's the, it's the continent not just ah yes yeah, sir Oh, Not wait a damn that. minute. So I didn't lie <laughs> in the beginning of the show. Damn. Uh-oh. <laughs> I need to get my research game back up. Can't be lying like this. Sorry, guys. It's not, it's not South Africa. Uh, no, it's we, Africa. No, no. It's continental. Continental. Con not local. Continental. Nah, yes. nah, fam. Nah, fam. Yeah. <laughs> nah, playing it's all good, buddy. Nah, it's all good, fam. Um, but it's the continent. And... You know, and this is where also education comes into play because as soon as I joined Sony Music Publishing, I remember my phone just was, it just, I remember one morning, it just wasn't working properly. It was just so slow. And I just wasn't, I was just confused because even certain apps weren't opening. And I was just like, what's happening? Only to see that it's because my phone was full because as soon as I joined Sony, everyone and the announcement happened. My, my, my number must have gone like a wildfire across the continent and everyone was just like, Munya, sending me music. I was getting sent songs from every direction. So, I mean, that's when I switched off my automatic downloads also, by the way, because I was like, nah. And um, <laughs> what I did learn is that working. a lot of... But yeah, it like, <laughs> ain't working, dog. What I did learn was that people didn't understand what a publisher's function was. And that's when I started realizing because... Now people were approaching me and they were saying, Munya, 
we need a record deal. Hook us up with a record deal. And I was just like, no, you need to understand this. Is, yes, it's Sony, 100%. There's Sony yeah. pictures. There's Sony music entertainment, which is the record label. Then there's yeah. Sony music publishing, which is the publishing yes. entity. And as I said, they all serve different functions. And yes. in the publishing space, as I said, the publisher deals with the songwriters and the producers. And yeah. the way the ecosystem should work, everything feeds into each other. So the way it should work is this publishing entity would be feeding, well, we, we're not even exclusive to feeding Sony Music Entertainment, the record label. We, Our job is to get our writers busy any way, shape or form. So basically it doesn't matter if you have a performing artist from Universal, from Ambitious, um, from <laughs> Ghetto Raf or Motherland, it doesn't matter the record label. But yeah. my job is to make sure my guys, who are the, the songwriters and the producers, are creating, are creating music as whether well it's demos, creating a demo, which is pretty much a song, so and then you, you send it across. So you're the people who 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 create those lovely writing camps that that that. Yes, that sir. Uh, we're for two, three weeks, we're all camped in there. Yeah. Writing. Yep. And then yep. those two, three weeks make up what what comes out for like six months going out for this. Hundred percent. I got you. I got you. So yes. I'm, I'm like the, I'm like a music dealer. My job is just to be like, yo, what you need, man? What you need? <laughs> I got you. You need some Afro beat? I got you, dog. You need some EDM? Oh. I got you. You got the, <laughs> You need that new strand of Yanos? Now, now look. Have you heard about this artist? Let's let's, let's look at the songwriter. Let's 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 that's see. That's it. Aha! Okay. Uh -huh. That's how. That's really what my job is like, though. It's like that's what I have to. That's how I'm dabbling. Um, and yeah. So just to differentiate, so the publishing publishers deal with songwriters and producers. The record labels deal with the performing artists. And as I said, ideally the way the world, so the way the ecosystem should work is publishers feed into the record labels by supplying them with potential hits, which their performing artists then perform. And there we go. You know, that's how it should work in an ideal world. But it's not an ideal world. I was about to say, like, the, the way you <laughs> took that pause, I was like. <laughs> There's still a lot of work to be done on the continent, I think, especially in this space. Um, yeah, unfortunately, because yeah, it's it's like I, I was actually having a conversation earlier with um, some artists we represent. Actually, it's it's good luck actually, um, and we we're just talking about how sometimes things can be seen very territorial. But when it comes to publishing, it's not about that. You know, publishing is really about collaboration, and that's where yeah. you even find out that I mean sometimes. A, a, a copyright of a song can be split up in by seven different people because you've had seven different writers and some i yeah. think the likes of and that's and that's an industry norm a lot of people frown upon it when they say oh you didn't write your stuff you're not a true creative okay there there are some instances where some <laughs> artists want you to sign an nda because they don't want anyone okay cool i mean you have to assess but then there are other instances where there's nothing wrong with you putting on the songwriter to say yo my, this person who just hit the, hooked this up for me, here you go. Like he, yeah. he can hook you up with some dope demos and some dope hits, and that's why guys are living that side in America, and, big time. And all you need to do is actually just look at the liner notes because even for yeah, like okay, Kanye West, Kanye West is one of the most prolific um, collaborative um, behind the scenes because literally you'll see he he credits How many? everyone, everybody. 
Cause, cause actually, I, I kind of think it's maybe because the likes of him and Beyonce got hit so much early on that they were like, you know what? Oh, you, you, you did this. Okay, you get a credit. Oh, you did. There okay, you go. You get a credit. So you that get it your doesn't credit. come out like two years yep. later. Then, then they they find out that this thing wasn't cleared. So this writer wasn't See. actually this. And they're like, no. It everyone. becomes messy. <laughs> And yes. that way, everyone gets paid as well. When everyone gets their credit, everyone, you get paid according to your contribution. I mm. mean, you cut up the pie. It's 100%. You cut it up. You get your percentage. And, and I would just... assume that it would make it more that it actually works as a better incentive to then want to work with that person again, or at least be within that environment because you at least Absolutely. feel that your, your um, contribution is valued respectfully within that specific space. Absolutely, fam. 100%. So, I mean, we need to kind of stop that narrative about, I mean, as I said, there are certain instances where you might have to sign an NDA as a songwriter, but that can't be the entire time. And I feel a lot of the time on the continent, everyone is trying to keep it on the low. But the reality is, as I said, you'll find, especially in the publishing world, I, you could have one writer who signed to Sony Music Publishing. There's another writer who signed to um, Universal. There's another writer who's signed to Shear. And we all, so as a publisher, we can own multiple songs together, which although the actual song now might get released by the label under Universal because it's their artist, but right. you'll find that the copyright and the publishing is owned by multiple people because we have to join hands. We actually have to work together. So um, work. to make it work. And it's, it's, it's really dope. But yeah, that's really what, what my job is at Sony Music Publishing. And um, as well as, I mean, outside of the collaborating with regards to music, there's also what we call synchronization deals. And that's also where the money, that's actually where the money is in publishing. And if that, you define that, 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 that's where you, is that where you guys usually talk to, not us, but the people above, <laughs> the people above us in terms like, of film and tel television to yeah. play songs and <laughs> exactly. Uh, got you. That's exactly. So where I'll so be in not, like 10 years. Got you. Got you. Five. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So that's exactly what it is. So it's about um so synchronization is basically if you define it, it's where they say you put you put music to moving pictures actually. That's actually yeah. the definition. So anywhere where you see moving pictures, which is film most of the time, and music, that's what it is. So that's why it covers um advertisements, synchronization deal opportunities there in film, in television, in gaming now. Gaming I mean, anyway, is actually, we, I think, where the, the, the a lot of the money is actually now moved from it is, some yeah. of the research that I saw that gaming is actually because there are people who can't won't even have like a smash hit, but their song is on so many games that they're making millions of dollars every year. In royalties. It just works for these games. And they're like, OK, cool, let's let's get this cash. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. So that is also the that's also the um, part of my job as well to assist the so there is um, someone responsible for synchronization at Sony Music Publishing. So yeah, my job is to assist to also look for opportunities in those spaces to also build relationships with ad agencies and uh, to find out who's looking for music and even directly with brands and sometimes or production houses and film etc cetera, etc cetera, game developers and the like. Um, because, yeah, we need to make sure those are the opportunities we really need to secure for our writers. So now before we take this, before we, because I believe all of this, actually, which yes. is why I wanted to leave Moti for last, because it feels like all of this information then culminates into what Moti is. Grand crescendo. 
Yes, because it's because you need the context of okay, so he's done this, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. This is why Moti makes sense because I believe exactly. this is already spoken for itself as to what it is that you want that you're going to launch in August. I just need mm. to know because yes, I, I need you to give me at least just one, whether it's from whether it's whether within the creative space because we're going to get to get to the basics but i need to know give me at least one crazy story or wild story that you've had either within playing within the publishing space or being an nr for the likes of nadia and them but just one that made you realize okay this industry is it's really something else um <laughs> one to one 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 that allows us to fully understand the grasp and the levity of what it is that you do okay um Ah, oh, but it's different. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example where I can't because it also, without mentioning the names. You don't need to names, name names. You don't need to name names. This, this I know, we're not about the gossip, but just about the experience. Don't just about the experience. Names. I mean, yes. so I'd say that my biggest, I'll just talk about the biggest signing since I joined Sony Music Publishing for me. Maybe I can touch on that, which was Nontrebo, who was the singer, the vocalist, and the songwriter for Jerusalem, which ended up being a global phenomenon. It was that crazy. Is, yeah. that, I mean, I know the negotiations were quite up and down, actually. Um, it was, oh, nah, okay, let me try to think of another example because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get people mad. Let me think about it. But till today, I'm, I, I love working with her since, since, since she joined. I mean, there's so many international and there's names which I wish I could mention, but international people who want to work with her. And I'm talking about dead and living. So just so you know that there's levels to this. <laughs> now, wait a, now wait a damn minute. I'm just saying that. Let me just <laughs> pause, rewind, uh-huh. take three steps back. Okay. <laughs> Did you say dead and living? It's the first part that I'm. I just need to make sure I heard that. That is what I said. Okay. And, and and I'm talking about. There's there's levels right now that is happening. This no, lady. if because if it's dead, my brain already <laughs> goes dead. Dead means a specific level already because that already means you're, dealing so. state. you're dealing with the state, and you're dealing with the state. You de- you know what? Just know okay. that there's levels. But okay. I mean, and then for me, it was actually such a joy. It's been beautiful working with her, and it's been such a joy. I was so happy about signing her actually because and i know that when i've spoken to their team they even feel they're like you know generally um signing to sony music publishing was one of the best things that happened to them and um yeah so there's some exciting things there um but i mean i mean there's crazy stories within the publishing space sometimes you hear you hear about sometimes and i'm even going through one now where some so people feel that um artists are trying to hijack a song because now one of the writers really likes it and now they're trying to hijack the entire track when it's not meant to the original plan was meant to be collaboration you know things like it's crazy fam but wait how do situations like that get dealt with actually i'm very curious because i'm because history has shown us that that happens a lot because yeah even you watch like um, stories of American or British songs. Someone would have written the song. They were like, "We're writing this song for this," but this song was really hot, though. Or actually, differently, they, um, this song was written for an artist, but then a different camp heard it, and then because that different camp heard it, and that camp was a bigger artist, they said, 
This is yep. my wow song. And, and that happened. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> and, and the rest is history. And we, the rest is history. We can continue playing this game. So yep. How, how, how actually are those things dealt with here, if I may ask? The, the truth of the matter is, it really ends up being about negotiating. And unless it's always becomes difficult once something becomes signed. And so, for example, if I created a song and then let's say, I, uh, as a songwriter, when I say it, as a songwriter or producer, I've created a song and I want to specifically give it to someone. If I sign a deal with them, then it becomes a bit more complicated. And if now someone else hears that who's a bigger artist, then they may have to, you may have to talk about buying out. You may have to That's be like, up. listen, I'm going to buy it from the other person. But at the end of the day, there's nothing signed. Then it's really about negotiating until there's a meeting of the minds. And if there's not a meeting of the minds, then you got to do, if it means pulling off someone or if it means, you know what I mean? It just depends what happens. If, yeah. If for the sake of the track and things moving, you have to do what you need to do. If it means saying, okay, then you walk away, then shop. It is what it is. And we keep it moving. So yeah, but yeah, publishing is, 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 is very interesting. I do enjoy it a lot. It's Sony Music Publishing, the craziest is in the Korean team, the amount of briefs I get from Korea is, and I've, I'm sure most of, if anyone you know, it's Sony Music Publishing, they'll share with you that Korea is probably the place K-pop is popping. <laughs> and, and those guys, the briefs, the amount of work, they're always looking for music and sounds. And just because it's bundled under K-pop, a lot of people just assume it's pop. But sometimes it's like K-pop has just become a genre for Korean music. It is. It's become that way because even J-pop, when something's listed as J-pop, it doesn't mean it's pop music. It just means yeah. because you can listen to J-pop and J-pop will be hip-hop or it'll be like this exactly. grunge rock and you're like, okay, because you exactly. go into that expectation. And that's but what also, I, I really encourage. Uh-huh. Now I'm saying when you're talking about K-pop being right now, BTS on Billboard has been number one for the last three <laughs> weeks and they're Come not on. letting go of Come the number on. one spot they've been they, 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 they said no to Olivia Rodrigo who's number one everywhere else and <laughs> even there was another within the top 10 this week also I've forgotten the name of the band but it was a girl band who now off of the EP have now debuted into the top 10 so you're having now it's not just BT, BTS as the yeah. global I face they, of, I think I know the girl group as well that you're talking about but I've forgotten um, their name. But yeah, they debuted into the top 10 with it. it. They moved into the top 10. So now you're starting to have a lot more different flavors. There, They've always been flavors, but in terms of what the face is, there's yeah. not getting a lot more range in terms of what that is. 100%. And I, I, what I was saying is that I, when I send out these briefs, a lot of, uh, sometimes, let me not say a lot, but sometimes my writers just see K-pop and I don't think they even read it. But I'm always like, you guys would be surprised that they might be asking for dancehall. They might be asking, as you said, for 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 other just just other genres, hip hop. They they yeah. really do. It just sometimes is bundled. So please take a shot at it. Let's see. Let's shoot out some potential demos and let's see if we can secure something. So now bringing yeah. it back to Moti, uh, one of the things which you spoke to me specifically, basically about Moti, is that it's 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 more of a passion project and it's something which you're doing to kind of educate and build the industry because you believe that there are fundamental basics that we do not have yeah. that a lot of creatives don't have in terms of understanding how to navigate the industry or if not yes. just how to navigate but moving around and having a sense of this me this because I, I don't want to say artists don't know because I, I believe artists believe no, they, that you're right a lot of them don't, don't know you don't know what you don't know and they, yes, some of them but, don't know 
a lot. Okay, so in terms of so, what are some of those basics that um, some of the so, basics which you are going to be going over in Moti, but some of the basics which, if that you think people should at least, if not, we can't cover them now, have in mind, then start looking for the yeah. out of the stuff outside of the stuff which you've already spoken about right now. The purpose of this platform is really to educate the African music industry. Um, and it's called motiafrica.com. That's the link, www.motiafrica.com. And, you know, as you said, it's really just the basic fundamentals because I realize that, and I always say this, that if, if life, if this industry is a computer game and there's 10 levels, we are stuck on, we've been stuck on level one, not even on level one. We've been stuck on part one of level one. Like, yes. because we're... That's how, that's how, yeah, um, far back we actually are. And the problem with music, and it goes back to what we shared earlier, where music looks so easy, you know? That's the problem with music. Music looks easy. It's Even nice. these superstars and their careers, it looks so easy. That's, that's why it ends up being the way it is, where a lot of people just think, ah, I can tell you right now, any artist that you see on TV, someone in their house is looking, thinking, I could do that if I wanted to and, yeah. and and be at that level. And like someone is looking at Drake even right now thinking, ah, this soft guy, what, 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 I could have done that. It's just that he has to, nah, fam. This is, it's, it's, it's a business. It's strategic. Like there's strategy. so much that people need to understand. Yeah. But um, there's strategy, there's planning, there's scheduling. It's so just, people need to shift how they look at music. And I even say that the, I call them the big lies, where there's certain lies within the industry, like overnight success for me. That doesn't exist. Like the only reason someone is an overnight success to you is because you've only heard of them, of them right at that now. point in time. Whereas yes. most people, they've got a track record spanning ten years. Someone like Burner Boy, for example. Some people only think Burner Boy started performing two years ago in 2019 when he got his first Grammy nomination, and now obviously he ended up winning the Grammy, but. Burner Boy, I know, I found out about Burner Boy back, I think, in 2013 or 2012 or something. And yeah. I mean, but it just goes to show that people just, it looks too easy. And that's where also the value of music isn't even appreciated. That's why I feel a lot of people don't feel bad about downloading a free song. Because, come on, making songs? Come on, it's not even serious. You're playing at art. You tell your, your parents you want to be a musician, we know the answer to that. So, I mean... Yeah. It's just never been viewed as business, but it really is. So, I mean, when we talk about what Moti is going to be doing, so um, it's going to be an online platform, which is going to be the idea is to make it freemium as well as a subscription. So freemium means, um, and it's going to be predominantly video, video based. So it's going to be video conversational type stuff. But um, so in it is going to be, um, and then obviously I said this is subscription where now some of the more premium content I'm going to make it subscription-based. But the basics, the ABCs, those things for me are going to be for free. So I'm talking about the basics. So the importance of branding in music, the importance of understanding the team that you should have around you and even their functions so things aren't confused. Um, what you should do the minute, creating a narrative so people understand the minute you make a song, what are the things you need to know that you need to do? The, the second the song is done, I'm going to touch on the importance of what we call split sheets and metadata. Metadata is a huge issue on the continent. And because of the lack of metadata, which is basically metadata is song information. Yeah. By not 
inputting. That's why when you go to Spotify, you can go to, as you said, a Kanye West song and you'll see who the writers and all the producers and all that is all credited properly. In yes. Africa, a lot of the African artists, you just see the artist name. Maybe oh, you don't need the you producer don't need to... <laughs> and maybe the label. And the thing is, <laughs> and the thing is, um, I can chime in on that because it, it royally aggravates me, specifically from a um, writing perspective, because I write on music a lot. And yeah. a lot of the time I want to credit or if even I want to start making like a, a profile of a producer or of songwriters or anything. A lot of the time I'm unable to because I go into the song yeah. and then the information isn't there. So not only is it, is it not... Um, just it, it 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 curves more than just knowing it, but it also curves us being able to document it or build stories around yep. us that we can then start seeing. Okay, there's this 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 going on. So if we don't have that data, which is what you which, which I do agree upon, then it becomes a lot yeah. harder for people who are going through the painstaking effort to look for that information when it's Try. not there to begin with. Yeah. And now you then exactly. have to send emails to people and those people, those emails aren't being returned and, they, and you're doing all of these things just to get basic, very basic information 100%. to then write, um, to write. And if you're not being paid for it, uh, like most of the blogs are, at a point in time, you yeah. just stop trying to look for the information because like, what's the point? Yeah, because it's too much work. And what's also going to, how is also affecting things and revenues in two ways is the fact now, as I said, the issue with the, the collection management organizations, I, when you become a member, your job is to also notify them. If you become a direct member, you would then have to notify them of your works to say, okay, it's Munya Chinetta, I did um, Bube 2020, and I own this percentage of the song. So that when, that's in the event that I don't have a publisher, when they collect the royalties for me being a songwriter or producer, I will earn my royalties. If you have a publisher, that's the publisher's job to do that on your behalf, to make sure your works are always notified at the CMOs and being and your royalties are being collected and you're getting your money. So that means now, if the data is not correct, then that means there's a lot of money that's floating, technically, in the, yeah. in the atmosphere. There's just money floating, which is uncollected because the CMOs won't know how to collect. They don't, if you don't have the data, if you don't know Munya wrote this, then how are you meant to, so you, will, you can collect the money. However, where does it end up going? That ends up being the problem now. And yeah. it, the same goes when it just makes jobs harder. And then also, I think, I think they said on Spotify, like last year, I think there were about 3 million new discoveries in terms of music and you know, that means an unknown artist, your song is now being played. And what ends up happening is now with why metadata becomes so powerful. Everyone is chasing playlists, whether it's yeah. now metadata also can determine your playlist where you go. If you put your kind of music, if it's ambient now, now let's just say for some reason, you, there's an ambience playlist on Spotify. The chances of you jumping in there because okay, it matches your music, there's a higher chance. And now your music can actually get discovered now. And I mean, as we're going further into now all the smart homes where there's smart, um, smart, uh, what's not Siri, the, the little radios that are now smart where you can now be like, yeah, whatever. What is the names? This is Siri. It is Siri, I think. Just, just AI automated. Whatever. Or whatever, whichever. Yes. When you're talking to your radio now saying, uh, play me, I'm in this kind of mood today. I feel like hip hop now. Now that now it's gonna help discover music and be like, okay, so obviously it'll it'll play the ones you know, but then the there's a chance and that then... now your metadata is right. 
oh, your, your song, which now is listed properly as hip hop and there's a subgenre as well, you, because subgenres is also important to know. It's like it, it knows where to get placed. So metadata is so important. So yeah, sorry. So, so going back to Moti. So not only am I just providing um, information, I'm also um, with my team, we're putting together tools to help these, these like things with digital split sheets, metadata, and helping you keep track of these things. We're creating tools that will help you as a creative just keep your shit in order, actually, so that you don't end up in situations where, where now, it's, now, now no one knows, basically. Um, so the multi-platform is also going to be looking at creating solutions. Um, and But yeah, ultimately, and then it's also going to be engaging with industry experts, as in because in the same breath, I have had a very interesting career path without, within the industry, which has given me a lot of insight into different things. However, yeah. I can't say I'm an expert in being an artist manager, even though I've dabbled in being an artist manager. At, my very, at one point, I remember we were, uh, when me and my best friends were managing Nadia Nakai, like, and I'm talking like in 2009, no, not even 2009, like 2010 type thing, like a yeah. decade. So, I mean, I dabbled in it, but I never went into it fully. So it's hard for me to talk on something which I haven't fully without experience, but I will engage with an industry expert who has done a magnificent job, a magnificent job. And I will have those kind of masterclasses where people, sorry about that, where, where people can actually learn from the actual experts. So that is also going to be part of the package where you can, where I'll be doing interviews. I'll be also utilizing social media. So across the board, um, it's just Moti, um, well, on Instagram and Twitter, it's Moti underscore Africa. Um, on Facebook, it's just Moti Africa. Um, so the idea is also to engage, have that engagement on these platforms as well. So yeah, that's that's Moti in a nutshell, which I'm super excited about. And I really hope it becomes a solution that we need as, an, as, as a continent, you know? That's the, that's the dream. I'm praying for that. Well, with, with 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 your energy and with and with all the things that you've done, I'm 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 seeing it at least adding to the solution and helping us get to a better place. Because what I what I always um, like about you is that you can always tell that your heart is in the right place and you're always moving forward with that. Amen. And that's and that's always uh, admirable because sometimes it feels like it's rare when you're working within these spaces to kind of yeah. feel that that's a consistent thing and i was even saying some people may not even be happy because money is being made in these gray areas people are yes. making money so now suddenly if there's now light being shed so that some people might be like Munya, you're messing with my bag <laughs> but there could be the a bigger bag overall <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's for the greater it's for the greater good of the industry because yeah africa with all eyes on Africa, we really just need to put our shit together so that we are, so we're moving properly. So we can become a powerhouse like how K-pop or how Latin America is a powerhouse on without America, you know? Everyone is, Africa was still trying to jump in, be record, rather than let us build where we're getting but recognized. But it's also more than that in that um, the attention that's coming on us right now isn't just because of the fact that we have all of these great artists, but it's also because of the very known growing fact that as within the next 10 years, we'll have the youngest youth because yep. our, our, our average age is 18 right now. So right now yeah. I am old 
in terms yeah. of what the average is and i'm still in my mid-20s so yeah. being in <laughs> so if we have if, so we have a we have a growing captive market that is going to be the youngest um captive youth in market the, in, the, in world. the world which means that a lot of these record labels and a lot of these Netflixes are also coming to us, not just because to take us to there, but because mm-hmm. here there's going to be a very massive audience, which they, they need and to demand playing to. So if we're not getting ready to be able to play to ourselves and then taking that globally, then we're already having problems. Yeah. And I mean, right now, I think Africa's population is 1.2 billion. Um, it's estimated in the next 30 years, we're going to be hitting 2 billion and 75% of that is going to be youth. Yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. The age is 18. Again, the, the that's crazy is 18. So, so I'm, I'm hoping that's, we need to, that's why it's just like, I need to educate, educate these youth to make sure the youth understand what, what needs, let's do better. You know, we have to yes. do better. So then just in, in closing, um, because I know you're going to yes. expand on what all of those roles are, but for any artist who at least wants to start researching for themselves, what should their basic team, because you're talking about the people they should have around them, what are those? And then so, yeah. after that, I'm going to ask you for a personal question, but yeah. Okay. So, I mean, understanding the team. So, I mean, number one, being a member of these collection management organizations is important. So either if you're you should you sh- everyone should be if you're a creative whether you're a performing artist or a record label on the sampra side if you're a composer or author it's important for you to become a member of these kind of things um and then with regards to the core team you need to understand uh what a business manager does and what and why does he differentiate from a road manager what you should what should you expect from and between the two the importance of um uh distribution physical as well as digital Having an aggregator, so digital is also saying having an aggregation, and just also understanding the roles there. What's the importance of PR? Having a public relations person. What's the importance of legal? What's the importance of finance? Um, so these are the kind of things which um, that yeah, and publishing as well, of course, and understanding yeah. a publisher and the importance of it. So yeah, those are some of just the basics which I will be going through on the platform. And now, with with since you've already spoken about how how much music, volumes yeah. of music, and how you love music and music loves you, Amen. Give us what is give us five songs. Give us five songs on, of your current playlist, and I need, at okay. least five songs of your current playlist. But I need at least. And if the five songs are all big songs, then I need you to add on another two songs of artists that you don't think the general public will know, whether they're indie or uprising or even from some of your publishers, but a, a great range of African music that, that that just you feel solidifies your playlist okay. right now. Not of life, but just, you know, right now. So don't okay, put pressure so... of saying uh, <laughs> weekend special or you're going into uh, Amanda <laughs> Just right now, 2021. <laughs> 2021. Okay, so so I'm going to start off in Ghana. There's one female um, artist. Well, she's like Afrofusion slash dancehall. Her name is Jackie. And it's spelled G-Y-A-K-I-E. The, oh, the... Uh, yeah. I, I know her. Yeah, I've heard of her, yes. So she's, she's definitely on my radar. 
Oh yeah, that so is, that's how it's spelled, Jiaki, like Jiaki. Yeah, because <laughs> Jiaki. Now I, I've never said it out loud, but now that she's saying it, I I I have heard. It makes it. sense. Yes. I mean, her big song was um, Forever. Forever was a, her breakout single that really just took it to to levels. Actually, um, she has. I know she just dropped. I think a week or two ago, she dropped a, a video for her single called Wine. So I mean, Jackie's one for sure to look out for. There's also this dude, King Promise. So by the way, I want people to understand right now, I'm in this, what they call Alte. Alte is a genre, which is almost like, for me, it's, I just think it's like, it's like African R&B actually. It's like Afro R&B, Afro but R&B. it's called, that's how I, but it's, the genre is actually called Alte with, because alternative, but yeah. it's Alte with an accent on the E. So that's that's one for sure. So that's a lot of these songs are within Alte because I, I used to be an R and B guy, but I mean <laughs> now I've kind of shifted into I'm now an Alte kind of dude. I see. Um, as I was saying from Ghana, a dude by the name of King Promise. He's been in the game for a while though. Um, he just dropped a single called um, Slow Down. It's also on that Alte tip. He's kind of like as in he's like the lover boy kind of boy of Ghana. If you make, he's like you know what I mean. So yeah. he's that guy. So there's that. I'm just trying to think from someone I came across recently as well from from Nigeria. His name is Buju. Um, he's also a vocalist. Um, the the song. He's featured on two, he had a song called um, Lenu, L-E-N-U. That was the first one I heard of his. And then Burner Boy jumped on it as well, on a remix. So then the song also went quite big as well. So there's this dude, Buju, which I've had my eyes on as well. How do you spell um, that again since you've been on the spelling tip? Okay, it's just B-U-J-U. B-U-J-U, okay, cool. So there's Buju, um, then... There's this guy who's a producer, Fields, P-H-E-E-L-Z, also from Nigeria. So Fields has been a behind, he's a producer. He's been behind the behind the scenes. I've been trying to sign him, by the way. But he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's very much behind the scenes, but he's dropped a single. He recently dropped a, a whole EP, I think. And he dropped a single by the name of Wayward Girl. Um, that was something I thoroughly, I like that song a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so that's three. I've given West Africa. Uh, someone else on the. Oh, well, I guess um, locally. I'm just what you're trying feeling? to. Yes. Just. Just what I'm feeling heart? right yeah, now. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? What's in your heart? <laughs> if I'm just speaking from the. Okay, there's my guy as well. Everything is leading to West Africa right now because that's where I've been listening a lot. Um, but outside of that, locally. Um, I know that someone who, or I mean, if we go to Ama Piano, which is really where things are happening. Um, so let's just go to Mozambique first. Um, there's a there's a dude by the name of DJ Tariko, T A R I C O. He dropped a song which I thought is in an Ama Piano, and I think actually it's been on rotation here, but I think a lot of people don't know that he's from uh, Mozambique and he's not South African. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think how to, the name is called Abu. Uh, let me search for the name quickly. <laughs> I may, I, I hope I don't destroy how you said. Uh, I, I think it's called Abu Bul. Ah, it's an I'm a piano track. Let me, 
<laughs> I'm just trying to think how to find the name. So okay, the song is called Yaba Bunuka. Yaba Bunuka. Bunuka. So Yaba Y A B A, and then Bunuka B U L U K A. I see. So I mean, yeah, he's someone which, and I know he's got some exciting remixes dropping, coming from from that one track. Um, he's been in the game for a while. So he was a producer, and then the songwriter is a dude called Nelson. Um, oh yeah. So I'm both of them are great guys. Then I mean, the one other guy that I'm enjoying is Musa Keys locally. Musa so Keys. Musa Keys, and I think he did the song Vulam Lomo. I'm excited. What what fascinated me about him, and I've heard stories about him that, so he doesn't he doesn't say well he he's melodic on his songs, but he doesn't ever say words. So it's very much he's making noise sounds. On giving the you the vibe yes he gives you the vibe and he's actually seems to have mastered that art of giving the vibe without words that shows the power of music yeah um that's is that five that's five so 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 yeah i, I think that's five at least it's, it's yeah, yeah. Not- i said jackie king promise feels um dj tariko and and musakis so, so that's your current playlist. I think at least from the people who I know listen, it's it, 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 it's at least, I know for me, I've, I've got some songs I'm going to get into from now that I've not heard from. So yes. thank you so much. And thank you for giving us no uh, close to two hours of your time, 90 minutes of your time. It has hey. been a very a comprehensive conversation in terms of getting, and it's also been the first time we've spoken, I think this long, in at least a year so i'm, I'm yeah I'm because very, you know we, we lost a panini, year last year yeah the, the <laughs> i i think i can count how many people i've spent quality time with physically since the panini started because yeah. yeah me and my 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 health conditions underlying once once they yeah. start saying the words wave i'm like nope uh it's I'm done like, yeah. yep pack away your surfboards we ain't trying to catch this wave <laughs> it's not wait but it's, it's, it's been great chatting with you, seeing how much it is that you're doing. And thank you so much. If people want to get, if there are people who want to get more information on you specifically, is there someone that yeah. they can get a hold of you? Um, so, I mean, if you want to talk personally, Munya, it's just Munya Chinetsa across the board, um, except on Twitter, sorry. On Twitter, it's Illuminati. So it's I double L U underscore Munya underscore ti so illuminati <laughs> on on twitter <laughs> everywhere else is just munya chanetza so yeah <laughs> know what you want it's fine and i was gonna say if you want to if you want to talk music business and the like please hit up on the moti platforms that's where I'm, I'm really directing people to talk to me on those kind of platforms rather than on my personal so if you go onto the website now, www.motiafrica.com, that's spelled M-O-T-I, africa.com, you can, it's not live yet. However, there is an introduction video just basically uh, breaking down what you can expect from the from the platform, which is going to be launching in August. And you can submit your email address. So please do send your email addresses uh, so that when we do launch, you will be notified. Actually, you'll be notified prior to launch and and you'll be notified when we launch. Yes, sir. 
is there any final message you want to you want to leave on the peoples in terms of the music oh, lovers yeah. entertainment lovers you have the gift of the gab so if there's if there's hey. one final thing that you want to like impart now's the time and then we can close then the we close no yep okay i mean if anything the what i want people to walk away with is understanding that music is a business and needs to be treated as a business um there's no other way around it um africa i genuinely feel and know that we have the potential to be a powerhouse within this entertainment space but we can't do that if we don't have our shit together you know that will end up just yeah we we will never just really grow so it's so important just to understand and as i always say when we know better we do better so guys do your best by yourselves to know better if you need help and guidance hit up moti moti africa moti underscore africa that's where i'll be and yeah to the betterment of the industry to the betterment of the industry thank you yes, so sir. much sir i appreciate uh, thanks you that you taken and i will try and put as many links i don't think i'll get all of them but i'll put as many links as what's been listed <laughs> in the description down below and that has been the oh, second good. episode of Whoop. that yes